0: 18
1: plus. Welcome to G Talk, Girl Be Heard's podcast, a new platform for girls to express themselves beyond the stage. I'm your host, Zoe Norman Hunt. One, two,
2: three, four. Listen up. Time for girls,
3: all of us, to take the stage. Girl Be
1: Heard. What? It's 2020, and the coronavirus continues to spread across the country, but it has not stopped our girls from being heard. Our 2020 mainstage show, Citizen Be Heard, Our Wildest Dreams, was scheduled to open on April 22nd. Girl Be Heard had to cancel all of our spring performances due to the pandemic. Not to worry. Starting today, G-Talk will begin a new series of podcasts highlighting original works by the cast of Girl Be Heard's 2020 mainstage show, Citizen Be Heard. Today, we'll hear from Cameron Bruno and Spencer Sanchez, who will perform their original work from the show.
3: My name is Cameron Bruno, and I am a company member with Girl Heard. You can see more of our main stage show
2: in the coming weeks on girlbeheard.org. My name is Spencer Sanchez, and I'm a company member with Girl Heard. You can see more of our videos on our Girl Be Heard YouTube channel. Lights off. Doors locked. Twenty-four kids shoved into a closet. Hooks pressed against our backs. Hooks tangled in our hair. We've been in the dark too long. So long the light hurts our eyes. Our hips and knees ache as we're squished in the back of this closet. Our hearts break as they pump blood to our fingertips to text I love you one last time. The silence is deafening. I can't see. I can't hear. I can't speak. All of my senses have been robbed from me. I can't touch. My skin has turned to ice and touch feels like a cut to the bone. God, I wish I just stayed home. The door shakes as someone tries to turn the knob. Their effort is useless and they move on. But that was only a drill. A mere formality of living in America. But for many active shooter, it wasn't a drill. But the last thing they heard before blood began to spill. Do I deserve to live in fear? Do I deserve to see the death of my peers' screams ringing in my ears? I try not to think about dying, but when I do, I picture a bullet between my eyes piercing my mind, my body becoming the scene of a crime. A nation of kids share fear. A fear of death, a fear of uncertainty, but a want for safety. We declared enough is enough is enough. How many child hearts have to stop beating for you to start believing? Believing that your actions have consequences, making children truly defenseless. Keeping your guns means more kids will have to run. I'm filled with horror and disgust as we still shout, enough is enough. But these kids don't have to be defenseless. Your actions are reckless. Call your congressman. Tell him to end this. Don't let these politicians take money from the NRA your children will have to pay your voice needs to be heard walk out protest spread the word how does
3: the presence of the possibility of a school shooting affect your academic
2: performance the truth is it like it doesn't because this has just been a fact of life ever since i started school and Wasn't there, like, a statistic, like, this was the first March without a school shooting since 2002, meaning that every March since I was born, there's been a school shooting, so I haven't experienced any different. Does it give me a platform, like, something to speak out against? Like, Mm -hmm. it kind of, like, this kind of fear, like, a nation of kids share fear, it's kind of Something that unites an entire generation like no one wants to no one wants to die, like most people don't want to die, and most kids don't want to die when they're a kid, so it kind of unites me with other kids my age and gives me a platform and something to speak out against
3: mm. It's really um weird based on on what you said because, like, I get what you're saying, but then at the same time, it's, like, hmm, like, it it makes me think. So the last question is, what does an ideal school life look
2: like to you? An ideal school life. First thing that comes to mind is just, like, school supplies and not even, like, school safety. But, like, everyone would have the like the supplies that they need to do well in their class, like a textbook that isn't ripped up, that isn't like written on. And like, on the school safety note, like, we're, we're, we're always gonna have drills, we're always gonna have like fire drills or something like that, at least. But like, on the count of that, I wish we knew about it so it's not something so jarring like we would have our like our supplies and whenever there was going to be a drill or or something like that we'd just be warned because lockdown drills are pretty intense like you're you're going to be very close to your classmates and some people aren't the most comfortable with that so it'd be better it it'd be better if we were warned before we have to go through something like that than not
3: so is it do you think that there should be an equal priority between uh, school safety and school, what would you call that, like, like stu- the students'
2: priority? Yeah, I think we should. I think, especially like in the Bronx where I am, where I've gone to school, there's a, like, we have a lot of drills, and but for like schools, we're obviously practicing school safety. But there's not always, like, enough supplies. So if school safety and just, like, school supplies were weighed equally, that would be my ideal school situation.
3: There is an Adam and an Eve, and she was made in the image and the likeness of a victim. Men always expect a harvest. Who would have thought that women are more than garden? If you gouge out your eyes just to be blind for love, excuses are not healing medicine. Skin only stretches to form hills and valleys. This is Braille for your lover's guidance. So you could take your rib back. Fragile bones break easily. Collapse as collateral beneath his feet. But what does God expect? Anything that carries too much weight is bound to break. But women still stand whole. Resting in the waters used to baptize. Create masterpiece from flesh.
2: Forgot how much the back, done, bore. What was your thought process when writing the line, she was made in the image and likeness of a victim?
3: Uh, The thought process behind that line was just not necessarily honoring, but acknowledging the fact that women are automatically seen as a victim, um, just in theory um, as being submissive to a man based on the theology
2: that Adam gave Eve a rib. How was this inspired, especially concerning the conversation around women's bodies and their ability to control them.
3: Yeah. So this piece, um, as well as the language and the metaphor that has been used, uh, is just a different way to show how women have been, um, dishonored and basically just sharing the message that women, uh, is really more than... Women are really more than you think they are and that women really run this world and that even with all of the hardships and dilemmas that women may face, we still rise through it all.
2: What's your process when creating pieces like this with such um, beautiful and intense imagery? I...
3: Like, I really like to look at poems in different perspectives, especially because I do digital media. So I'm, I like to think of my pieces as an aid or something that could be accessible for someone who can't see or for someone who can't hear, and just making sure that I cross off the list of, like, sensory images. So the imagery in this piece is just really, for me, the thing that ties it together in regards to like Genesis and being in a garden and the earth and coming from dirt and just ties the story together for me. And I wanted to make sure that everyone else is able to relate to the story that was told.
2: Wow. Well, when you said that, I literally had like an aha uh-huh moment, like, Oh, I get it now.
3: <laughs> it's really not for me. It's for other people it's it's for the for the audience to really grasp what i'm saying even if they don't necessarily understand the words or the message they're able to take the words from my message to create their own images based on the imagery that i gave them and the goal is that once they interpret it for themselves it's very similar to what the message is so eventually they get the message on their own
2: Oh so like if they can't like hear it or like experience it in one way at least they could see it. Yeah, they could experience it in
3: another way. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's performed on the stage or something that's performed on the page. You could get the same experience from listening or reading. I like that. It's really cool.
0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: First off, hi, both of you. Hi, Cameron. Hi, Spencer. I've met Cameron a bunch of times before. Spencer, I've never had the opportunity to meet, and that's a bummer. Uh, My cat is attacking me right now. (laughs) Um, uh, Podcasting in the quarantine century in 2020. Uh, So tell me, how has working on main stage show during this quarantine been for you guys during the pandemic
3: um it's been a little bit difficult for me um just in the sense that uh a lot of schoolwork and like other like my internship and all of these things that I do um they're demanding a lot of time like extra time because they think that in person time is the same as like computer time, so for me the the hours run a little bit longer and my schedule is just as hectic as it was before this quarantine, um, but nothing has changed on that part. But I really appreciate the fact that Gilbey Hood still gives us the opportunity to do the same work that we were doing, as well as um, like making sure that we're okay. Uh, mentally and physically and we've had a few like rehearsal sessions where like we would do yoga we would dance which kind of just eases eases the pressure from everything that's going on right now and yeah I like I can't really complain it's it's a the light at the end of the tunnel almost
1: one can only hope there's a light at the end of the tunnel because it feels like it's <laughs> right. going on forever. It has uh, been, but soon. Yeah. Spencer, what about you? Um, I don't know, it's been
2: kind of weird for me because I'm taking my classes, I'm doing like schoolwork in the morning and then come like six PM on a Wednesday, I'm like doing something that looks very similar for with Girl Be Heard and Mainstage um, so my time kind of blends together now, but I do enjoy our virtual virtual rehearsals. Um, I do miss my cast, so it's nice to be connected um, in one way or another.
1: Well, that's, yeah, i I, feel like I fully understand the whole feeling that all the days are blending together. I've started to feel like, you know, it's morning, it's night, and it's the next day, you know? Yeah. I've not felt a separation between the days in a while.
3: Especially when you're going to sleep at like, well, me, when I go to sleep at like 4 a.m. and then wake up at like 9 to, you know, work as normal.
1: Oh, yeah, not go to bed at 4 a.m. I say that as I also go to bed at 2 in the morning, so I'm not (laughs) going to talk. (laughs) And what have you guys been doing? Aside from, you know, your Girl Be Heard work, which obviously is the best thing ever that's keeping you sane, what else have you guys been doing to keep yourselves busy? I don't know about you guys, but I've taken up needlepoint, and I'm also binge-watching all the shows I've been saying for years I was going to watch. You know, I've gotten back
2: into crochet. I started crocheting, like, hey. when I was, I don't know, 12. So now I'm getting better because I have nothing else to do It's what I do during my Zoom classes. And I've been, I've been practicing violin. I still have my Zoom violin lessons so i've tried i've tried to keep my schedule as i guess resembling what it was before the quarantine as much as possible
1: that's so nice that you're playing violin i wish i was playing an instrument during this time what about you cameron i'm
3: uh yes been binge watching everything so i'm currently watching parks and rec um, oh my gosh, you've amazing. never seen it before? I've never <laughs> seen it before. I've been stuck it's on The, the Office ever since, like, I don't know when. So I have been convinced to watch Park and, Parks and Recs. It's amazing. Um, I just finished watching Breaking Bad also. I've been playing, Uh, well, not me, but uh, I've been watching someone play PS3 games. It's really fun uh, to just observe. And I've been sleeping and eating and cooking. That's what I've been doing. Chefing it
1: up in the kitchen. I've been cooking and baking so much. I think that my mom said Nisi Nash is the one who was on Instagram being like, so do I contact the people from my 600 pound life after this whole thing is over? Or <laughs> right. <what's the> <laughs> because of how much like people are eating right now. So many people are snacking and I'm like, yeah, my mom has a Peloton and She was nice enough to let me use the lessons from it for like a strength class, which was really nice because I have not been able to, you know, do any real exercising and I hate running. But yeah. And my roommate just finished Parks and Rec and now she finished Arrested Development. Mm. Because I, yeah, so I mean, I highly recommend the first three seasons of Arrested Development after you're done with whatever you're watching now. Now, I'm, and I also think that personally, I don't know about you guys, I don't know if either of you have cat animals, but I know that my cat is, I think, a bit done with me uh, being home all the time. I think
2: my cats are annoyed with me as much as they're annoyed with each other um, right now, but, you know, he's just sleeping peacefully behind me right now, but I know it won't be peaceful for long because I'm going to bother him <laughs> once I get off.
1: Yeah, my mom's, my parents' dog is home, and I think that you know, our, you know, she loves that they're home. But I think the cats are a little bit like, can we please like get our house back? <laughs> we used to, we used to run this place when no one was here, and now you're here all the time, and I'm just not really feeling it. So, really quick, Spencer, I have a couple questions for you about your piece. There's a line that you have, and I'm fascinated to know what it means the hooks pressed against our backs and hooks in our hair what are the hooks referring to um they're
2: actual literal hooks when i started doing like these active shooter lockdown drills i was in elementary school so we would have like just like one big closet where we'd put all our stuff for the day um so whenever we were it had these drills we would literally like get into the closet and the hooks with our stuff on it like everyone would just be pushed in so like, you would just have a hook, like, pressed against your back, if not in your hair. So, like, it's, it's like, very literal for me.
1: Wow. Okay, so I grew up post, I'm sorry, before all the active shoots. I mean, I think that Columbine had happened when I was in school, but we never had these drills. So the idea that you were doing this in elementary school is terrifying to me for so many reasons. I just, i I can't understand why... That should even be necessary. I mean yeah. It it drives me completely insane. And it bums me out that such things are necessary. Cause I never had that experience. Like, so you're saying these active shooter drills, they don't even warn you about them beforehand? No, they don't. They just have the
2: they just have like the drill, like, oh, we're having an active shooter drill now. And then you just do it for like your like t- five, ten minutes. And then you just go back to class. It's like less than a fire drill, like, because you're still in the classroom, because so you're just kind of like stuck where you are, and there's That's no warning, just like you're there.
1: That sounds terrifying. I think another thing that needs to be addressed, and I think you kind of bring it up about seeing your peers get hurt in front of you. I feel like there's a bit of a PTSD thing that could go on with such drills and all of these shootings. I feel like there's like a PTSD going throughout these young children who are having to deal with the fact that my life is not as important as a gun, so I may lose my life for something that stupid.
2: There has to be. I don't, I don't, I don't think that you can go through some like something as like intense as a shooting. Like it doesn't matter how old you are, but especially if you're a kid like you are your brain is literally still developing and this is like has to be one of the defining moments of your life so i feel like if someone if someone goes through that they can't just leave unscathed in any type of way
1: Cameron i'm assuming that your schools in trinidad never had this problem never
3: right. i like i felt so bad because when we brought up school shootings, um, during main stage rehearsal, it's like, I really had like a good, a good schooling system in comparison to like the American school system where school shootings is concerned. And it it was really like, it's scary, but like also just interesting to me, um, that a lot of the school shooting incidents went in school they were usually after school um like gang violence and it doesn't really get as much attention as school shootings because it's high key low key not the school's business once it's off of their compound
1: really and by gang violence you mean that happened in trinidad after school or
3: yeah so Ah. in trinidad usually a lot of the the Violent that's like really close to school shootings would be gang related.
1: And Cameron, I have one question about your piece also. What's the name of your piece first off? It's Genesis. Genesis. And what is your relationship with the Adam and Eve story or even like with the Bible? Because recently I was reading a, a post online about Helen of Troy and about how no one knows the story of actual Helen of Troy. They only know like the war that was fought in her honor that she didn't even ask for. And that kind of made me think about your piece with Eve not being her own person. Right. So can we just talk a little bit about that? Or It
3: was, I first started to explore the whole Adam and Eve thing about, how about two years ago, when I heard someone say that Eve said that she might as well just give her rib back and like women women don't need adam's rib and we were talking about like gender-based violence um and we just started the discussion on the fact that men obviously feel like if they own us because we took something from them and the whole thing about you know giving your rib back just was like the awakening call to say well you know, we don't need this thing from you to, you know, do what we do. But, like, that's a entire conversation on itself. But I, I just really wanted to, to play on that thought and just go against everything that I've heard, um, like, you know, when I was younger and going to church religiously with, like, my mom and stuff and, like, not really knowing what things meant but still having to do them anyway. And, you know, just growing older and being able to appreciate these messages um, and interpret them a little bit differently.
1: I know that you talked a little bit about how you felt about the piece, but I just wanted to just dive a little bit deeper. Was there anything in that piece that you felt related to your experience with religion or being a woman? Uh, Yeah, I mean, not
3: directly, but just... um, Really giving myself the chance to celebrate women, um, to celebrate myself, to empower myself and those who come after me. Just like leaving it imprint of just like, you know, not everything that we hear is true, or our beliefs tend to change as we grow older, and just like recreating the narrative for ourselves to stop any sort of generational trauma um to get passed on
1: and spencer does any of that resonate with you i'm not sure yet
2: i don't even consider myself a woman i like to think of myself as a girl still um i just turned 16 so i wouldn't i don't know i don't feel comfortable identifying myself as a woman but i can see how how some of the sentiment could possibly affect me um, as I grow as I may experience some gender based discrimination, um hopefully not uh as you know, as I get older, as I apply myself and try to take like go after certain opportunities, like I can't see like me how that sentiment sentiment could apply to my future self.
3: yeah, I think I just want to um endorse Spencer's message. Just because it's like a really strong message that I think that everyone needs to hear, especially from the perspective that she gave. And just um, making sure that, you know, students know that there are resources and people just like them out there who want to fight the good fight. People just like Spencer, is like they're here um, to support each other in doing
2: that. I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, um, I just, yeah, I really like your piece. And I feel like it speaks for how women are treated, how they should be treated um, in the world around us.
1: This has been a special edition of Talk with performances from Girl Be Heard's 2020 main stage show, Citizen Be Heard, Our Wildest Dreams. A special thanks goes out to the cast, Alyssa Martinez, Cameron Bruno, Danaza Provet, Felicity Forte, Jamila Rosemond, Nakeema Warren, Manasha Thomas, Spencer Sanchez, and Wendy Kivor. This is a Girl Be Heard production, and thanks for listening. This episode has been produced by Kim Sykes and the cast of our 2020 mainstage show. Our executive producers are Chi Catano and Kim Sykes. I'm your host, Zoe Norman Hunt. And remember, it's not enough to talk; you must be heard.